Okay, make a possible crew. We are here Woo! for a special episode. We've got our first interviewee. Um, we're going to have a chat to Byron. Um, going to find out a little bit about what he's doing at university and get his perspective on you know everything psychology and mindset. We did have a discussion um, a, a week or so ago, and I think every time you and I catch up, we always get pretty, really, really pretty deep. Get back you know, into it. yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a chat about cookies, and next thing you know, we're talking about solving the world's yeah. problems and mindset. <laughs> so, um, it was awesome, and it's also an opportunity where you know I feel that if I could rewind um, ten years of my life and be back at uni, and you know, excited about learning new things, and you know, having podcasts, and you know, maybe having someone like myself to give me an opportunity to talk, mm. um, you know, I feel like it's um, fantastic for Byron to have a chat about his content that he's learning, um, and you know, he's got a really, really great. Um, head screwed on his shoulders, um, nice. and to yeah. to think about or understand the things that he knows now at a young age, I think he's going to have a huge impact impact on the world and the people that he serves. So, look, without further ado, um, we do have video content here, we do have our audio, um, but look, let's get started. I'm just going to yeah, why not start with a couple of questions sure, um, just it. to ease into the podcast, yep. and then look, we're just going to have a little bit of a chat about um, the usual stuff that we do. But yep. um, something that I like to discuss with my clients um, yes. is the word failure, um, and a lot of people are scared of that word. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people run away from failure and you know making mistakes, yep. and they don't view it as an opportunity. But um, to start. Tell me something that you've failed at. Something that I've... Ooh. Yeah, it's a bit of a tricky one, isn't it? Something that I've failed at. Uh, well, in... I would say in some parts of my life, not so much, because obviously, like you said, I'm in uni. Something that I've failed at has been uh, upkeeping relationship with friends um, mm. during, during some times. I'm, I really like to you know, knuckle down and get into the things that I'm dedicated with, but... Sometimes I think that can lead into um, neglecting relationships and mm-hmm, things like mm-hmm. that. So I think there's been a bit of a change for me, at least in the past probably two years-ish to try and go, okay, well, who are the people that I want to have around me? Because high school is obviously, um, I'm two, two years out of high school now. So high school is a bit of a, you know, is, is the friendship like going to be a lasting friendship or well, is it just going to be a... And you, you also, know, but you also think at high school that those friendships are going to be forever. Yeah. And, you you know, you're in the high school bubble. Um, yeah, You're taking things exactly. for granted. You're not realising that you're hanging out <laughs> with your mates and you hate going to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you think that that's going to be the real world. Well, I definitely felt the, like, the not liking going to school thing up until probably year 11, which is when I started to go, okay, well, I, I've always loved psychology. Like, mm-hmm. I love talking to people. I love, you know, learning more about myself and learning more about other people as well. Um, so, I guess... That's through year 11 and 12, I sort of knuckled down with uni work and didn't spend a whole lot of time with friends. So um, it was after school when I sort of went, okay, school's finished. My friends are, you know, going off and that's that's awesome. Um, but I wanted to, I was in uni, I was probably, there's only one or two uh, more of my friends that are actually in uni. So not that you have to be in uni to be my friend, but it's, you know, it's nice well, to have similar interests. And, it's, um, well, it's that, that, sort of that saying of, you know, you're a product of your environment. Yeah, exactly. And, so, you know, yeah. they say that, you know, you could be, or, you know, you, you 
have a look at the five people that you hang around the most mm. and you become the average of them. I did hear that and you're one of the other podcasts. And I, I, I seriously believe it because, again, the, the people that you hang out with or, you know, the, the conversations that you're having, they create, you know, thoughts and a vision. And, you know, you, you, there was a study that put normal people in um, a situation where they were in jail. Okay. And they were good people and it was a study. Yeah, yeah. And they put them in for a month. Yep. And they put him in, wow, yeah. Okay. And, and yeah, they yeah. put him into a um, particular jail. And it was a jail. Oh, the Stanford Prison Experiment. Yeah. Yes. And so, uh, have you seen the movie on it? No, I haven't. It's a good. It's Is a it? good movie. It's a. If we're talking about the same one, this well, was like. Well, it was normal everyday ago. people. Yeah, okay, yeah. That didn't go in for any crimes. Yeah. That, that had never been in trouble. Yeah. And they get put into this environment. Yeah. And then they start behaving and acting like. The people yes, in jail. Yes, yes. So I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just had a constant thought with me. Well, do you want to be people around people that are going to be building you up or holding you back? Yeah, and yeah. and I guess that's the choice that not many people make. They yeah. just go, these guys are my friends, and we've got friends that don't have the same interests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's fantastic as yeah. well because you don't want to be fully into what you're doing 24 hours a day. Yeah, and then lose sight yeah. of, of, other, of the other possibilities. But it's it. also being wary of who you're hanging out with and the advice that you're getting yeah. because, you know, also maybe your lecturers might give you a particular advice that might not be aligned with where you think that you're going as well. Yeah, yeah. Again, our parents are doing the best that they can and giving mm-hmm. us the best advice yep. and that's due to their perspective, but then it also might not be the best advice either. Either yeah. So yeah. it's just, um, I feel it's being aware of your surroundings and your environment because that can have a huge impact. I on think it. also when it comes to friends, I've, I'm, well, I guess I could sort of say I'm a more sensitive sort of person. I like to connect with people on a level that it's, it's emotional, like if they're not emotional as in sad necessarily, it could be whatever emotion, but sort of a, at least what feels honest to me. So I think what I've sort of wanted to um, foster more is friendships where we may not have the same um, hobbies and interests and stuff like that, but more so the same core values. So what's your, what's your, um, what do you value most in either a certain area or even most about, about yourself? And then, you know, if, if, you know, there's something to um, share with Mm. that, then that's, that's what I really Mm -hmm. value in a friendship. And also, like, a, everyone can teach you something. Yeah. Like, yep. anyone that you encounter, when you when you have that perspective and understanding, I think that y- you can take n- negative as- aspects of people and, mm-hmm. and learn and likewise be positive, but everyone's got a story and the way that they act, behave or whatever stems from things that may have happened in their past, yep. positive or negative. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think the, the friendship thing is an important one, but also understanding that, Anyone and everyone can teach you something. Yeah, um, and and that's that's the beautiful thing about humans and, and people. I was going to ask because I was listening to your other podcasts, the ones on perfection, part mm-hmm. one and two. How did you find because and and talking reminding for everyone who who either hasn't heard it or is yet to hear it. Yeah, get um, on to it. Say, get on. To, <laughs> no, definitely, definitely get on to it. I like it because especially when you were saying that when you were younger, you felt that. Um, 
you know, people saying, oh, you know, Nate, he's a perfection, uh, perfectionist and, you know, you start to identify yourself with, oh, yeah, I'm a perfectionist. Mm. It starts to be one of those core values type of things mm. that you hold true to yourself, which then ends up being destructive later on because Massively. You, know, you, you, don't, you don't get something perfect and it starts to go, oh, mm. you know, this is going against who I am as mm. a person mm. and then it, this is an internal battle. How did you find that switch or when did you find that switch? Was it a quick switch? Was it? Uh, did you notice yourself being destructive? Or was it- to, to be honest, I'm. I still deal with it. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. starting this podcast is like, well, let's get everything in line first, and then do it. Yeah. But what do I need to get in line? Yeah. You yeah. figure it out as you go. Yeah, that's fair. So yeah. it was more self education, and again, think talking about the environment, the people that you hang out with. That advice that I got. The perfectionist part was from a teacher at a parent-teacher interview. Yeah. And the teacher was like, oh, Nate's great, blah, blah, blah. You know, he's a perfectionist and he does everything, you know, (coughs) to the best of his ability. And then without having any context what perfectionist or perfection means, that was just something that I feel was ingrained into me. Yeah. And then I look back and thinking, oh, I'm a perfectionist. So I had to live up to that expectation. Yeah. But that expectation's infinite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's How no do you point. get? Per- there's no perfect. Exactly. So, yeah. so I look back on opportunities that maybe I should have taken, or that maybe I didn't, because it stemmed down the avenue of things being perfect. Yeah. And so it wasn't until I started really getting into you know the, the, the self education part, and um, you know a passion of mine being a teacher has always been someone who has wanted to inspire people, mm-hmm. and through my own experiences, I want to portray that onto the kids I teach or the adults or whatever. So do you ever feel like when you're teaching, do you ever feel like, because you've got incredible energy when it, like even the other day at the at Rosie's birthday, that just the whole day was just, or at least the whole day <laughs> that I was there for, you were, but there wasn't a drop off in intensity of like enthusiasm or anything like that. So do you ever feel like there's a point where you have to go, oh no, you have to retrace back through of why this is important for you or do you feel like you've, you've practiced that enough now where it's like... It's it's I just, not natural, but do you know what I mean? It's, it's something I'm I'm aware of. I think energy or the way you hold yourself has an impact on uh, the the people that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I think we discussed this last week as well that you got to pick your crowd. Mm-hmm. How I was with five year olds isn't necessarily how I'm going to be with twenty year olds. Yeah. However, yeah. the the energy perspective is still the same. Yeah. You know, and I've taught, you know, high school kids for many, many years. Mm-hmm. They're going through that transition of, you know, trying to be cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, I don't want to sit up the front or ask questions. Yeah. I don't know who I am, but I think I do. And, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm this tough guy and macho yeah. when they're the most confused people in the world. Yeah. And yeah. so I just want to be able to display to them that I'm an adult, I'm mm-hmm. a teacher, but... I myself, yeah. I don't. I like to have a little bit of fun, mm-hmm. but I also like to put myself in a situation where you know people might say, "Oh, you know, he's taking the piss out of himself or whatever." But I yeah. think that I think that that there makes people feel comfortable. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say, and I was even saying it the other day um, that just even just coming into the the environment or this sort of family around you know around here, um, I definitely feed off of that energy. Like it's it's really easy to to come in and go. Oh, okay, well, I'm not going to do anything that's you know out of the ordinary or whatever because any like not anything goes. But you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 a, a comfortable well, environment. A, another thing that plays on my mind is mm. we all go through life 
going through new situations, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, you date Sarah, you meet the family, that's mm-hmm. a new situation. Yeah. Oh, okay. Your reaction or how you behave or how you feel is judged by the people yes. who are there. Yeah. Now, I've been in many new situations and yep. you go in feeling a little bit stressed, feel a little bit anxious, you know. You know, I remember starting CrossFit, you know, had had all these guys doing CrossFit, whatever. Yeah. And I'm someone that wants to bring people up. Mm-hmm. And then you go into this environment and I'm pretty easy going in the sense where I can say hello to people, but mm-hmm. no one really made like no one makes the effort. Yeah. And then you kinda like, oh and then one person might say, Oh, hey mate, how are you? And then you're like, That guy's a freaking good guy. Yeah. All he did was yeah. say hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that you break that barrier. Mm-hmm. And so in every situation that I go in, I've got that awareness. So, you know, meeting you for the first time. Yeah. I know that you're probably going to be a little bit nervous. Yes. Yeah. I know that, you know, it's a, it's a little bit scary. Here's a family, blah, blah, blah. But the beautiful thing is, let's just make people feel comfortable. Yeah. Let's have a chat. And I think that's that's the important thing too, is the um, that next step. Because, I mean, most people can tell, like, even from their own experience, even if they can't tell from observing someone else, but going into a new environment is going to be something that's uh, daunting and you're going to feel all these emotions. But to take that next step and go, oh, yeah. As you did, like, type of thing. It yeah, makes and it a whole lot easier. Exactly. And I, and then, I mean, that changes how everyone else within the group sees you as well because you're the person that's e- willing to go and exactly. do that. So. And I, know, I think everyone's aware of it, though. Yeah. Like, I think everyone can remember the time that they were put in a difficult situation. Yeah. And then when someone else is put in that situation, I think that they're also aware that it may not be a value that they put on themselves to actually make that person feel comfortable. Yeah. I think I think everyone wants it. Yeah, yeah. Or wants to do it, but then it's their own um, self-awareness yeah. of being able to go... Because some people might go, oh, new guy, uh, what do I say? I don't know what to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Hi. Uh, like, are they going to think that I... Like, <laughs> so then yeah. it's not nothing, anything to do with the person. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. person's probably thinking, what's wrong with this guy? Not even saying hello. Yeah. But then this person's here shit themselves because they don't know what to say yeah, yeah. so again I th- it's again it comes down to people you, who you're hanging out with but mm-hmm. also you know I kind of like to educate like I'm reading every day or like I'm, yeah. I'm listening to podcasts or whatever and without knowing it like it's it's triggering like my mind over mm. years to be a particular way so it comes yeah. down to what you read what you see what you view what, what you listen do you to. read what just because I've just started reading in the past. I mean, before I went to uni, which is, like I said, second year into uni, um, I didn't read. Just quietly. It's a bit cold all. out here. It is a little bit cold. <laughs> I was thinking, like, I was, I was thinking, am I getting nervous or something like that? No, I'm my, like, it's a little bit I'm cold. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Where's the Adelaide If my jaw's on? chattering, it's not because, yeah, I'm nervous. I, um, it's a little bit cold, but that's all right. You know, I like to... Anything that I do at the moment yeah. is doing something that's going to be able to provide me value mm-hmm. or the people that I surround myself with. Mm-hmm. So all the books that I'm reading are like business, self-help, yep. mindset, anything that I can read that's going to rewire my thoughts mm-hmm. and then be able to enable me to imp- implement something that's going to better my life or the uh, yep. lives around people um, that I interact with. Likewise with podcasts. Um, yep. So it's anything that can provide me value yep. 
that's going to provide like yeah my life value yeah um now i know people like to re- like i actually i've learned to love reading yeah like i funny growing up as a kid i used to think it was cool because mm. i'd never read a book i'll tell yeah, people yeah, yeah. Oh, i never read a book yeah oh, you, you re- what and again, that was who I hung out with, and that was like, and that's yeah. why I want to teach kids about reading or about yeah. challenges or about doing stuff that you don't enjoy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Because yeah. I was this kid that thought that not reading or not being educated was a cool thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's those experiences, yeah. But so anything that's going to benefit me personally. That- so when when you say mindset books, do you mean mind books that are? Uh, pretty much solely focused on mindset or that have that kind of character to it have that character like so i don't i don't read novels yeah i don't really um don't we've we got a we've got a special guest here ladies and gentlemen we've got frankie Woo. Uh, out in the oaklands bar <laughs> you're gonna be a good boy um so out steph but um anything like even just to like, I've, I've, I read a manifesting book the other day, mm-hmm. and it was about, um, you know, I'm kind of getting into the manifestation thing. Yeah, so how would, what, so, quickly describe So, so manifesting, manifesting is, look, at the, there's laws of attraction, there's manifesting. Some people say that manifesting is, you think of, you think about something and it happens. Yeah, or and that, of, so that was the interesting part, because I feel like a lot of people think that that's what it is. And going back to... What got me into... Sarah, can you just close that door for us? What, what, what got me into all this mindset stuff and all that was... I think I told you I went through... I had knee reconstruction. Yes, yes, I do remember you saying that. thought I was going to be a footy player. Um, you know, didn't put all my eggs into one basket, so I still studied and whatever, but yep. got the injury. And then the footy career was kind of over mm-hmm. and I, I was lost. And I think I went through like a little bit of a depression. Mm-hmm was failing at uni, wanted to quit uni, had no drive or passion in life. Yeah. I played the victim, you know, relationships that I had, you know, suffered. Did, I isolated myself, but I didn't have the awareness or the knowledge mm-hmm. to actually understand that maybe it was depression. Yeah. So it could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. I could have spiralled out and who knows where yeah. I would have been or I'm in a position now. Yeah. Um, and it was his book, The Secret. And I listened to someone and The Secret was Law of Attraction. What Manifest, think about these things. Think about having a car and it'll come to you. Yeah. So I kind of got into that, but it didn't go into detail a- a- about wanting things or desiring things, but taking action towards it. Yeah. This guy called it was like, like it's kind of la-di-da. Think about it and it'll come to happen yeah but what manifesting or the law of attraction in a nutshell is is that what you focus on becomes or what you focus on grows or what you focus on and it where where focus goes energy flows Mm -hmm. so what that means is we've all got goals we've we've all got a particular destination that we want to go to yeah so if you regularly think about the destination where you want to go, yeah. that's the manifesting, that's the law of attraction. Yeah. So your actions will support, will that. support that or be driven towards that goal, yeah. now now whatever it is. So yeah. it, it's, it's thinking about things differently, mm-hmm. but it kind of makes sense in the sense that, you know, our goals are a thought, but yeah. a thought's a, a manifestation. So did you think then, how did you... 
link that in with the perfectionism type of thing? So did, was there a learning process of going, okay, this is what I want, but it doesn't, it's not about yeah, getting so every step perfect along the way? No, or but, was it... but until I, until I realized this perfectionism thing, mm-hmm. I've always had, I've always been very ambitious. Yeah. But then, so I feel quite similar. But it would be a point where I would have this particular goal and want it, but then it wouldn't look the way I thought it would, as in when the, you got the, there or, or the, the journey. Okay. So it would be, okay, I expected this to happen, but over here happens. Yeah. Oh, crap. Okay, well, yeah. that wasn't in the plan, so yeah. I just give up on that. Yeah. So it wasn't until I understood that progression should be the um, priority, not perfection. Yeah. So progression, not That's, perfection. I was reading a book from, uh, it was written by, or it was a sort of a dialogue between the Dalai Lama and a psychiatrist. I think it's Howard J. Cutler or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and it was talking about uh, the goal is the path and the path is the goal. Yeah. So it's kind yeah. of like the, to stay on path, the progression thing. It's yeah. Like, yeah so. And once you, th- and once, and these are just little things that I just keep, ingraining into my mind and I, I read my goals um you know every day mm-hmm. um i have um thoughts that i want to trigger so like I'll, I'll read um you know manifesting thoughts that i've created or desired mm-hmm. that trigger my thoughts and again what i focus on to understand that it's not about the destination it's about the actual journey but yeah. the journey is friggin' different yeah and it's a little bit like what what keeps us alive our heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So you think about the heartbeat. You have a rise and you have a fall. Mm-hmm. That's life, isn't it? Yeah, that's keeping yep. you alive. Yeah. Um, if you're dead, I what like happens? It. What happens yep. to the heartbeat? Yeah, there's, there's not one. It's a linear line, isn't yep. it? Okay. Yep. Um, well, let's talk ER or RPA. Those shows. Yeah. So on the on the on the screen, it's a it's a linear line. There, there, there's no movement. So you're dead. Yeah. But if we're talking about life and the journey that you're yeah. on, you're going to have your ups, you're going That's to have your downs, analogy. and it's going to like bounce it. up and down. So yeah. when you understand that and think about that and think about that towards the goals or the desires that you want, you kind of come to grips with understanding that there are going to be good times, but there are going to be tough times, mm-hmm. and that they don't define you or they don't define the goals, mm-hmm. but you've just got to accept them. Um, you know, similar this year, I went, I jumped into business, into the I'm Possible Academy at the start of the year. Yep. I think we had a chat over Christmas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pumped up. Yes, I'm going to jump in. It's going to be awesome. And then, uh, you know, we come into the the start of the year and we are doing quite well. And then pandemic hits. Yeah. I didn't write that into my freaking goals. Yeah. I haven't <laughs> been. many people did, yeah. I haven't been manifesting this. <laughs> this isn't where I'm going. I should yep. be at this. And the pandemic's kind of been a real good thing for me personally and mm-hmm. for business and everything else is that you can't judge, don't be someone who judges life on circumstance, but try mm-hmm. and be someone who judges life and lives life on possibility. Yeah. What that means is if you're someone that judges life on circumstance, this pandemic or any situation like this, yeah. you throw your hands up and you give up. Yeah. Where... My vision for my business is a 10, 15, 20-year plan. Mm-hmm. This pandemic might be six months to a year. Mm-hmm. When you look at it, six months to a year out of 20 years yeah. is nothing. Yeah. So um, so with those, when you had um, 
when you started setting the, the goals, your um, manifesting and things like that, mm-hmm. did you find that, so you first, set, you, you first write the goals down, did you find it's easier to mentally come back to those goals and to, to go through that? Because, well, yeah, well, well, back to being a perfectionist, mm-hmm. I've always wanted to write down goals and yep. then I would think, okay, let's, let's get goal setting and I'd write them down and then I'd get friggin' nervous and be like, it's, it's not how you do it. Yeah, I'm not doing it right. See, in school, I used to, we used to, because they got us to do goal writing every mm, single term, mm, and mm. I, I remember I had a conversation with my teacher every single time. Going, I don't, I don't get the point. What's the point in writing these goals down if no one ever does anything about yeah. it? And then he was saying, "Well, that's you know, talking me through it." And I was a little bit close-minded at the time to to mm. getting to that. It wasn't until year eleven and twelve where I actually wanted to achieve the goals that I was writing down, where it became a different. But the thing is that I'm learning with yeah, so. I'll get nervous and then mm. I would I'd be like, no, that's not how you do it. It's not what yeah. I read in the book. Yeah. I'm not, am I doing it right? Is it, is, is this how you do it? Yeah. And then it wasn't until I, um, just thought, you know what, like just give something, just give this a go. Mm-hmm. But the thing with goals is that we've spoken about where attention or, you know, um, thoughts go, like mm-hmm. your energy or actions are taken towards that. Yeah. Most people will write a goal down on the 1st of Jan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not look at it. Yeah. Most people, you could ask, you ambitious? Yeah. Hell yeah, I am. Okay, yeah. well, when was the last time you read your goals? Or where are you going? What are you doing? Yeah. They'd be like, well, I don't know. Yeah. So the biggest thing that I'm learning with goals is they don't need to, they don't need to be detailed. They don't need to be... Up on your wall, like, you know, however you want to deliver it, it's up to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just writing your goals. So the biggest thing with goals that I'm learning, and you know, I've been doing this for nearly two years now, mm-hmm. is write them down like you have them. Yeah. So I am the best psychologist in Australia. Yeah. That might scare the shit out of you. Yeah. But again, your brain's a pretty simple thing. It's complex, but. Yeah. If you can tell yourself something, then it, it rewires it to think yeah. that you're doing it. So your actions are going to be what? Are you going to actions going to be um, an uh, individual that doesn't think they're the best psychologist in Australia, or are they going to? Are your actions going to be? Do you think there's any? And maybe do you think there's any damage in going? I'm going to be the best at at this, or I'm going to be the best at, at that. Like so, driven to to do that, but. Do you think that, that 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 mark of I'm going to be the best at it keeps that little bit of perfectionism there? Is that do you Could, find that there's any danger in saying that? Or no, but I, I think the danger when 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 we talk about goals mm-hmm. is people people want to live an extravagant, ambitious life, but then they Not live within really. their means, yeah. which means that the goals yeah. that they put upon themselves are the ones that aren't even stretching themselves. Yeah. So stretching is the point. So stretching yeah, yeah, yeah. is. Like, think friggin' huge. Yeah. So, think like you're the friggin' best psychologist in Australia. Yeah. But understand that it's progression, not perfection. Yeah. And if you put your goal or vision up there to being the best in Australia, mm-hmm. and you don't quite get there, yeah. but your actions daily, weekly, monthly, yearly work towards that, work towards that yeah. you might friggin' surprise yourself and be like, how the hell did I get here? Yeah, yeah. So, that's the thing with goals. Goals might be too ambitious for you to actually get there. Yeah. But when you understand that there's a journey that you're going to be on, mm-hmm. and, you know, like, I've got a vision of I'm Possible Academy being worldwide. Yep. 
within the next five years. Mm-hmm. I trigger that every day. Yeah. So my actions are towards that or t- are taken towards that every day. And I think that's interesting too. You were saying about um, the connections in your brain. It's interesting that I've just been learning in psychology that um, have you heard of neurons mm-hmm. and things like mm-hmm. that? So, so it's actually literally true it's, that the neurons yeah. act, rewire themselves like roots or something. Well, it's um, two other neurons. It's a, I think the, the hippocampus, yeah. right? Um, they did a there, there was a, a research group that did um, a, a research on taxi drivers in London, and they wanted to see if yep. the brain could be rewired or yep. what actually happened to the hippocampus yep. if you did something repeatedly or specialised. Yep. Yep. Would that change? Would too. that grow? Yep. And so the streets in London are like it's yep. like a maze. Yeah, and they have to. Re- they have to remember it before the test to become a... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they tested taxi drivers who had driven 15 plus years and yeah. taxi drivers who were just starting out. Yeah. And then they looked at the hippocampus. Yeah. The taxi drivers that were driving for 15 plus years, yeah. their hippocampus had actually grown yeah. in size yeah. because of all the things that they had to remember and all the information and the rewiring of their yeah. brain. Yeah, yeah. So then that stems to the notion of, well, rewiring your brain with education or yeah. goals or whatever, your mind will start being triggered from these things. Yeah. And the biggest thing that I've learned about with goals is that the measure is what you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. But when you look at your goals regularly, what happens is, again, I'm going to stem back to where your thoughts go, energy flows. Yep. It wasn't until I started reviewing my goals and having a plan and realising what it is that I wanted mm. or desired, not wanted, desired, yeah. um, my, I could see that my behaviours were kind of changing, which meant I kind of thought, I, again, I was ambitious and had all these plans to lead a particular life and then I yeah. was getting blind drunk Friday, Saturday, hungover Sunday, yeah. my weekends were that and then I'm going to work Monday going, oh, man, like that was a big weekend. Yeah. In my mind, I thought that was living. Oh, what an experience, you know, fancy dinner, wine, go out to a party, party till all hours of the morning, yep. stay in bed all day Sunday. Yeah. Oh, that's living. Yeah. And then it wasn't till I took action on being more um, intentional you started running with what I'm doing. Days. Well, started running 14 yeah. <laughs> days. And it wasn't... And then those Friday nights kind of turned into more meaningful nights with Steph or, you know, it was like, I don't want to have six beers. You know, I might just go see mum and dad or go out to dinner and have a glass of wine or something because I've got things I want to do the next day. Yeah. Or I've got things I want to do the next week. Yeah. Shit, I can't have a big weekend Mm -hmm. because I need to be, I need to be fully into it. Yeah. So it's, that was the biggest aha moment for me with being intentional with, your goals and your vision, yeah. It would change my perspective and change my attitude, my actions, yeah. Um, and, and and that was the biggest thing. That's what's the driving force with what I keep doing. Yeah. I think it's a little bit like compounding interest with money. The house isn't built without laying the first brick, mm-hmm. and then you lay another brick after that, another brick after that, another brick after that. Yeah. Well, that's like action towards a goal. Yeah. That's like action. That's the actions or the study that you take when you're at uni to get a particular grade Mm -hmm. or to pass or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People want the house and they don't want to frigging lay the bricks. Yeah. You know, or they want the... I used to say this to my kids at school. 
every kid or every student wants the A or the B result. Yeah. But they're putting in D grade effort. Yeah. Like, and it would make me laugh when it was report time or assessment mark time and, you know, the, the kids in the class that do no work would get really nervous. Oh, what am I getting? What, yeah. what, what, what grade am I going to get? I'm like, you should know what grade you're going to get. Yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, what effort did you put in? Yeah. Did you get feedback from me? Did you collaborate with anyone else? Did you write a draft and redraft it? And, yeah. Or did you just do it the night before? Yeah. Oh, well, I did it the night before. Well, I, mm, you're probably not going to get that good of a, a result. Yeah. Again, some people can do it the night before and yeah. smash it. But what I'm saying is, and that's the thing with school, schools don't teach life, I feel. Yeah. And there's kids, and I would get frustrated that there would be kids in class that would very well know that they don't need to do much work throughout the term and you get your one assessment yeah. and then you smash it out and the, the the report grade stems from the assessment results, yeah. not essentially the classwork. Yeah. So then you can have students in the class that rip into a, an assessment, get an A, do bare minimum work throughout the, the term, it, yeah. and then we'll get an A or a B on their report. Yeah. Fantastic for them. However, in the long run, what's that teaching the student as a whole? There's a real world... What, there's a real world to work like yeah, that. Yeah, no, not definitely not. You, can yeah. you go through life for ten weeks, do the bare minimum, and, and then get a great result at the end? Yeah, by just very, making one decent effort. Yeah, not very often. And that just I would that say. used to bug me. So I would always enca- encounter that. But um, yeah, school can be a little bit confusing. I'd also say though it's important, especially in the schooling area, that obviously school's not for everyone, but there is one there is something to be learned so some people my brother for example wasn't like even if he tried really hard or something like that sometimes he wouldn't be getting the same results for certain classes that you know he would be putting effort in for Mm. but he's found after after school going into interests that are very particular to him yeah are the the same thing so i I mean that doesn't negate anything else that we've been saying it's just going what's important what am i well and and, and what are you into i've got friends exactly right that were at school didn't even get a um atar or maybe they did but they didn't do well at the hsc the hsc well it's uh like it's the new south wales sace so the 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 final um exam or whatever yeah, yeah it gives you a grade but then you fast forward two or three years into, you know, adulthood and yeah. you know, normal life and then they decide to go to uni. Yeah. They can go as a mature age student. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, one of my mates got honours at uni yeah. and was a kid that flunked out in high school. Yeah, right. But he was doing something that he was passionate about, yeah. which then stems to the no- notion, is, is, what's more important, talent or mindset? Yeah, that's, yeah, no, that's... It's I, a, it's I a really... debate that... It, Steph and I have it all the time. And yeah. her point is she's never going to be a good basketballer. Yeah. You, so you've, you've, got this, you've got this athletic ability. And yeah. look, athletic ability, again, maybe if I tried, you tried, yeah. are we going to ever beat Usain Bolt? Yeah. It, it, but my thought oh, yeah, process be. is you can be a sprinter if you want to be a sprinter. Yeah. Too, again, too many people think the top. You can be a rapper, I think, if you want to be a rapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean that you're going to be Snoop Dogg. Yeah, yeah. But if you want to be a rapper, you yeah. can be a freaking rapper. Yeah. 
um, too many people compare and go, well, I want to be, I want to be something, so I need to be there. Yeah, and that's great, but then that's holding so many people back too, because is that attainable? Yeah, yeah. But if you really want to do something, you might not be that talented at it. Yeah. But if you got the mindset to be like, well, I'm just going to give everything a go, a go. Okay, yeah. It doesn't need to be perfect. Yeah. Well, then you can be that. Yeah. But society tells you that you need to be the best at it. Yeah. Or you need to be like the people who are doing great to be it. I love I love that conversation about is it um, talent, is it mindset, or basically the same thing, is it is it uh, nature. biology, nature, 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 nature whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I, I love that conversation. There was a, I was just watching a, I think it was a podcast, or I was watching something on YouTube. It was this guy called Wim Hof. So yeah, yeah, he, the, yeah. Well, like, see, I the do breathing guy, and um, he's cold therapy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah, you've, yeah, you've yeah. been jumping in the cold shower. I haven't morning? been doing the cold shower, but I've been doing the breathing. Have you? I've been yeah, doing the breathing. Um, it's is is he's because I do. I've tried. Is he's where you do the short like <laughs> for several and then hold? Yeah. So he said, I'm. He he does it so you breathe all the way in as mm-hmm. as much as you can, not like reasonably quick, and then just let it out, not all out, but just sort of comfortably let it go, and then breathe back in again. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do that for I think he said thirty breaths or mm-hmm. thirty seconds or something like that, and then hold it, and then you'll find that. So you you do the thirty breaths. You or get whatever. a little bit lightheaded. You get a little bit yeah. lightheaded, but at the end of the thirty breaths, you exhale just to to being comfortable. But then you find that you don't need to breathe as lo- as um, quickly as what mm. you usually do. Mm, mm. But he actually has used this method in scientific um, in a in a uh, laboratory setting. So he's he says that he can use this breathing method to fight against diseases and stuff like that, which is particularly relevant now. But um, yeah, so they they injected him. I can't remember with what it was, but it was completely oh, really? science. Yeah. They injected him with some kind of disease, some not disease, but some sort of flu, or mm. I'm not sure exactly what it was. But he was able to fight that off. So it's usually your autoimmune system would be the one that does that, and it's auto because it's automatic, so it's non-conscious. It's you know happens without you know you having conscious control over it. But he was able to with his breathing method secrete adrenaline into his body which fought off of fought off that and they thought okay well maybe he's just a freak of nature maybe it's you know maybe he's just like one yeah, million like, yeah, or whatever yeah. but he had i think it was 12 people that were getting onto the Wim Hof method and um they all did it too in the in the, or at least majority of them did it i'm not sure if all of them did it but i'm pretty yeah yeah Oh, it's yeah. Well, I've looked. Which is you which got, is you got to start like, jumping in the cold showers. So that, then. but as yeah, well, it, it is. It's one of those things. It's like I've got to take action. It's like you know, you want well, the result, but and, and that's something that I've been doing for twelve yeah. months as well. And there's huge health benefits. Yeah. You know, it strengthens your immune system. It, it's good for blood circulation. It's great for recovery, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. But then it's also a personal development thing. Yeah. So, do you really want to get up? And especially the Adelaide cold now. Yeah. I'm actually pretty pumped up that the cold showers are finally cold again because in the summer they weren't cold. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was like it was a warm morning. <laughs> and it just wasn't having the same effects. So and the other yeah. cooler mornings, I'm kind of like, yes, the showers are cold again. Yeah. But it's not something that you necessarily are itching to do. Yeah. You don't want to jump in the cold shower. Yeah. So yeah. what does that trigger? Well, willpower. Yeah. And you're already yeah. doing something that requires effort. And you take an action first thing in the morning. Yeah. So then 
you already had a win. So when you say cold, you mean full no cold? No hot, just straight cold. Straight cold. Yeah. And now I can, like, so I started... That is willpower. I started um, <laughs> I started the winter last year in Sydney. A mate of mine was talking about it. I'm like, I've always wanted to do it. Nah, I'm someone that's going to take action now. And this is a thought, like, these are things that I keep reminding myself. Like, I've been told that I'm a gunner. A gunner, yeah. Gonna do it. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. And what that, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And yeah. that's just how my mind is. Yeah. And then with the perfectionist thing, I'll just hold back from things. Yeah. And then so now a trigger of mine is take action, take action, take action. Yeah. Yeah. Don't going to do it. Just friggin' do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that's one thing. I'm like, you know what? I'm doing it. Middle of winter at the house that we had in Sydney was the coldest house you'd ever been in. Yeah. And it was fibro. There was no insulation. So... You oh, get, wow. So it was, yeah. We had the heater in our room, but you would go in to the toilet um, during the night and it would be like freezing. You could just see the, the smoke coming out of your mouth. So yeah. that's how cold the wow. bathroom yeah, was. Yeah, and I go, yeah, if I'm going to yeah. do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Straight in. And so for the first, it was just really, really hard, not enjoyable. But now, not the mornings have been cold, but it's cold in the shower. Yeah. Like I'm, I can cook, like I'll shower is normal. Yeah. And there you go. Well, I'll, I will have to give that a go. I think I tried it because we spoke about it a while ago, and I tried it a couple it, of times. And but exactly, then I, it's, I gave up. and and it's just it's just a constant reminder of do I want to be that guy that takes action and does yep. shit that you know not many people want to do yep. because that's sometimes the difference between the ninety five percent of the population who are just going through the flow yep. or the five top percent of people who. Yep just do shit that makes them feel uncomfortable yeah. because, again, that's what success is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So every time I jump into it, I jump out. It's just a constant reminder. Like, I'm, So do you have quicker showers then if it's... I've always been a quick, well, in comparison to Steph. Yeah. I've, yeah. I'm very, very quick. But <laughs> yeah. um, I kind of, I'm in and out of the shower anyway. Yeah. I heard yeah. you like a long shower. Yeah, I can I can get pretty comfortable. <laughs> can you? Yeah. So what do you... Are you well, thinking? You're visualising? Yeah, I'm thinking. I, I find, especially in the past month or whatever, uni has been that intense. There's been so many assignments and stuff like that that as soon as I wake up in the morning, I can feel because I, I have been meditating for probably the past year at least, just mm-hmm. 10 mm-hmm. minutes in the morning or mm-hmm. whatever. And so I've got a little bit, I'm obviously nowhere near an expert, but I've got a little bit of an idea of what it feels like when I feel calm as in calm in my mind still mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. motivated compared to being sort of um a bit sort of jumpy and stuff like that and at, lately since the the uni assignments and stuff like that my mind's been very very um rapid so yeah do you feel like you're um it's worse in the morning upon waking yeah because i feel like i wake up you kind as of, though i've tried i've got to catch up to speed yeah so you can't something. yeah well that's that's another thing with the, like your cortisol levels uh, yes through the roof in yes. the morning but yeah. that's also a stress hormone yeah so i'm the same like i'll wake up and i kind of write the night before what i need to do mm-hmm. and that kind of eases my I, th- I think it's exciting i don't know like you kind of wake up a, a little bit jumpy yeah I, it's not necessarily a bad thing it's no no just it's very like like you it's got eager, the, like yeah it's, it's eager yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. um it can also be a little bit draining too it can be it can be but i find the meditating which i did this morning which was i really noticed a difference because mm. it took me usually 
if I do it regularly, it can take me probably two minutes until I settle into this spot where I go, okay, mm, mm. I'm, I'm calm now. Mm. But it took me probably 10 minutes until I felt like, okay, this, this is where I'm at. And that can, that can take away, again, if you have one thought that it's like, oh, what am I doing, to, what am I doing next? It's like, hang on, no, 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 we're not about what's doing next now. No, it's just being present right and being right now. But yeah. yeah, but until I got to that point, it took a, a fair bit longer. But um, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, uh, Wim Hof. So I reckon, I reckon jump in the cold shower. Yeah, all right. I'll give it it's, a go. Why it's, not? Well, if if that's your um, if that's your visualization station, the shower. Well, then maybe just do it. So do the. Well, it's do, not do, necessarily do, it, but it's just have your normal shower. Yeah. But the last minute or two, you're getting out cold. You're Doing chucking it. it straight on cold, yeah. and you're getting out cold. Yeah. And then it's not that cold because you're colder in the shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've been going, I've been yeah. jumping down, going down at the beach in the afternoon too. So it was stormy cold last yeah, night. I, I was in the, I was in the, I was jumping in. That's yeah. And there wow. was um speedos or no. Nah. <laughs> I haven't got the big stickers out yet. Got the boardies and the yeah, hood, yeah, but that's um, there were the, the waves are pretty big and all the little boogie boarders were out there in their weddies. Yeah. And I've just got because the waves were right. So you know you got the jetty and then you got the stairs that go down. Yeah. The water was all the way up to the stairs. Yeah. And so all the little boogie boarders were surfing around there, catching some little shories, and yeah. I've kind of jumped in, and colour boys were like, jeez, mate, you'd yeah. be freezing. <laughs> so you you jump in, or is it a just a steady walk? Or I kind of, no, once I get waist high, I'm going under, and I'm yeah. stay, I am stay under for a minute or so, like it actually hurts. Yeah, um, yeah, right. So do you do... Out. Do you do saunas at all? Yeah, like, so when, it... I, when I was at, when the gym's open, they've got a yeah. sauna there. Yeah. And so I was doing saunas every day. Yeah. So um, I'd train and then do a sauna yeah. and then come back and have a cold shower. How long would your sauna be? 15, 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that was kind of a opportunity to for me to just relax, reset, visualise, yeah. Yeah. Um, breathe. Um, I don't know if it's a Wim Hof breathing technique, but it was, it was someone that it, um, I listened to and... Th- people's our breaths that we take have a huge impact on yeah. you know how we feel yeah um so i've kind of tried i've tried to be a little bit more mindful in the morning with breathing so mm-hmm. before i jump in the shower i'll do a, a six six and six so six deep breaths in mm-hmm. hold it for six and mm-hmm. then breathe out for six, six. and yeah. do that six times oh, yeah. um and i feel like that really again it's, i think it's just resetting it's 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 coming up with rituals each day to set you up for the day. Yeah. Like, I feel like yep. my best days are when I, like, I've got a morning routine with um, the 5am club. Yeah. Um, and it's, this is what triggered all this goal setting and being intentional, et cetera, et cetera. And the 5am yep. club is 20, 20, 20. So they reckon the first thing in the morning is to get physically active. Yeah. Um, because that increases, you know, your brain I function. Hear this yeah, um, yeah. It increases your alertness. It increases your ability to retain information. Just set you up for the day. Yeah. Um, and then it goes into you know the biggest thing was and this guy's you know he works Robert Trama works with like the top one percent people in the world mm-hmm. and he's like from his research and his own study um, mm-hmm. and his own ability to achieve greatness was people are intentional with their goals. They review their life as such or journal every day. Yeah. So, you know, I've been doing that. But the biggest thing was that I got hung up on it being at 5 a.m. Okay. And yeah. then Rosie comes along yeah. and she might not sleep 
at night yeah. and or she might, might not. So it's kind of – and I kind of try like to help Steph out a little bit and do the morning routine because she'll get up during the night. Yeah, that's fair. And so it's kind of like working around her. So I was having shit days because Rosie might have been up at 5 or 5.30 or yeah. not, not slept the night before and then I'm like, oh, my – I'm so fixed on, it needs yeah. to be 5 a.m., yeah. I need to do this, and then I wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. And then my whole day would be shit because I'd be thinking about, the well, I didn't start, didn't... so it wasn't yeah, triggered. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't until that happened that I then realised that your goals, even though I don't want, I, I listened to a podcast today that too many people are um, so fixed on the goal yeah. that they become obsessive. Yeah. And that that can also be a bad thing. Yeah. Because yeah. you put it on a pedestal. And so if you're not reaching where you think you need to be, then you're not living up to your expectations yeah. and you're not leading a particular successful life. And then it just all collapses. And then it all collapses. Yeah. And yeah. then so your whole world crumbles. Yeah. So it kind of taught me that the 5am club is a ritual to benefit me as a person and yeah. to set my day up. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be at 5am. I think that's interesting too when you say the like all of that those sort of things. I find the breath as a, a mindfulness sort of cue or, or sort of yeah, like it helps you be mindful as being that thing that even when throughout the day if you go, Oh, you know, my morning was bad, like that's not it. Just going that oh my breath or even when you notice that um you start getting frustrated or whatever, if you just go, Oh, how quick am I breathing? Mm. It it changes yeah, the way yeah, that yeah. you do that. I've got a, a little demonstration thing that I like to as what it feels like to be mindful, as, as, especially mm. with um, meditating. If you hold your hand out and then stick your finger up, close or don't even need to close one eye, so that's another demonstration. Um, so if you focus on your finger, yeah, mm-hmm. so you notice how, how clearly defined your finger looks. Mm-hmm. Now look just beyond your finger. Now look, see how, notice how your finger goes yeah, blurry. Yeah, right, yeah. You, so, you... so when you've got problems, if your finger represents a problem and you look at that, that's how clearly the problem seems mm-hmm, to you. Mm-hmm. But if you're able to get that moment of breath and look beyond it, mm. then it changes, it changes what the problem looks like because you're still in the same situation. Well, exactly, exactly. And then, you know, you add fingers or whatever for how many problems you have, it still doesn't change the environment you're in. It just changes what you're focusing and, on. Well, so, exactly, and your, yeah. pers- your perspective on things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I love the breath as being that version of, of going, take, looking that beyond of going, okay, that's the problem, that's what's going on in my, inside mm, my head, but mm. that's not exactly the well, exactly. And if you're not intentional, like that, that notion there or that... Um, yeah. That can mean anything in, yeah. in life. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you if you're not you, you can there's opportunity beyond what you actually see. Oh, but, but if you, I like that. But, I didn't if, think but, of that. If, but if you just focus on yeah. your own little box and your own little world, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe the negative that's in your life, yeah. that's all you're seeing. I like that. You've just got to re. I didn't think of it. Like you've got to refocus, yeah. and it doesn't take long to refocus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, you can say it's easy, but it's not. Yeah. But it also can be, but. If you just refocus and look a little bit beyond, yeah, there's all this amazing opportunity and positivity out of that little bubble. Yeah, I like that. Um, but so many people are just caught up in that. Mm. So again, you're if you're focusing on all the negativity, or if you're focusing on, you know, if let's if you're let's say your uni exams. Mm-hmm. If all you're focusing on is failure or failing yeah. an exam, yeah. that's all you're seeing. That's all the action that you're going to take. Yeah. It's going to be negative action. Yeah. But yeah. if you look at your uni exam and go, okay, how can I 
get a particular result and you look at the how, not the if, then you're looking beyond that problem Mm -hmm. and then you're going to be making positive action towards that or positive progression towards that. Yeah. Um, And and, and that's, yeah, I'm just huge on... And it's been like, you know, I'm 32 this year. I lost, am I 32 or 33? I don't know. No, it doesn't matter. You lose count after 21, seriously. (laughs) Um, But I just think the mind... And I'm only, I'm only figuring this out now. Yeah. You know, the, you know, I've touched with it for years. Yeah. But it's all kind of coming together now. And again, I still don't know everything. Yeah. I'm yeah, just yeah. adapting things that I. Well, I don't think do. you ever can know everything. Exactly yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just it's just amazing that as soon as you can grasp your mind and understand the power that it has. Yeah. And the power that it has on your life then, you know, people will take more responsibility and more action yeah. towards filtering that. Um, now, wow, wasn't that a tangent? It's well, so it the really cre- was. the question but... that we started with was, what's something that you failed at? And then we've just gone, <laughs> yeah. bang. But I, I, I want to I have a discussion with the stuff that we uh, spoke about, and we might have touched base with it, but yeah. I thought that was a really good insight into situational um, stresses and yep. um, understanding people's mindsets. Um, this was the those three components of yeah. the things we were talking about the other yeah, week. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, give yeah. us a little bit of an insight into what that is and how it can impact people's life. Yeah, so with um, I'm doing in, in uni, I'm at Flinders, I'm studying uh, psychology as well as Spanish as well, just... Spanish is irrelevant at first. Oh, like Gomo Stars, muy bien. Muy bien, yeah. Um, yeah, so doing doing psychology, and for um, one of our assignments, we had to pick a. This year we're learning about um, cognition. So, co- cognitive means is basically referring to um, the mind, so mental functions. So, you've got, you've got the brain, which is the, the physical thing, and then you've got the mind, which is essentially the thing that we. Um, the, the, the conscious, the, the experience, so the attention, perception, memories is part of that. So we had to basically pick something, just anything that has got to do with some sort of cognitive process. Mm-hmm. And I'm really interested in mindfulness. So I, that was where I was interested. So um, <clears throat> I was looking around and I found a, uh, a study that was looking at whether flow disposition and uh, sorry whether mindfulness and cognitive flexibility influence flow disposition so we've we've touched on mindfulness Mm -hmm. and and sort of what that means cognitive flexibility could sometimes be misattributed to mindfulness which cognitive flexibility is when if uh if if you're doing something and um something comes up it's a stressor it's present a uh, preventing you from you know continuously moving forward if you're able to be cognitively flexible then you're able to look at that from a different angle mm. so that's different to mindfulness because mindfulness when you when something is becoming stressful for you you could be mindful and go okay this i'm experiencing uh, stress this doesn't mean that i'm stressed it means that i'm experiencing stress mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you can look at it from a different angle. You might go, okay, I'm feeling stressed, but that's okay. I can move forward. Mm-hmm. But cognitive flexibility will allow you to go, okay, how else can I look at this? So, so in uh, it's suggested that these two things may be correlated. Mm-hmm. So one may not cause the other. But it was looking at whether those two things 
influence your ability to um, experience flow. And I'm not sure if you've mentioned flow on the podcast, but flow, we did dis- we did discuss that. Yeah, so flow. If you're in a state of flow, it's um, flow is sort of attributed with positive psychology. A lot mm-hmm. of people think psychology is just about you know mental disorders and things mm-hmm. like that. But flow is when you're engaged in a task. Could be any task. Could be a physical task. Could be a mental task. Whatever, and that task is just challenging enough for you to have to put a fair bit of effort mm-hmm. in, but not too challenging to the point where it's it's not doable, but it also can't be too easy. So it's kind of this in-between, this in-between sort of um, state where your sense of self, this sense of, oh, I'm this, like I'm, you know, I'm getting really good at this. You're kind of lost in the moment. You're sort of, you're in the zone is essentially mm-hmm. what flow yeah. is. So it was looking at whether mindfulness and cognitive flexibility um, can help um, keep you in that state of flow for longer. So it kind of seems a little bit um, obvious that, that they could, but it, there was, um, yeah, I, that was that was essentially the overall the overall yeah. goal of it. So, and and we touched base on it and had a discussion about it the other day. Yeah. That you know, fl- flows. You know, like you said, you're in the zone. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you get into that state where you know maybe you're you're engrossed into what you're doing, and it could be a new project or it could be something that's it's like you said, you're not challenged enough to be able to go shit. Yeah. Where do I go now? Yeah. However, you also mentioned the other day that that mindfulness component yeah. and that cognitive recognition disposition. Cognitive flexibility. Flexibility. Flow disposition. Yep. Yeah, it was a bit of a mouthful. So I studied it for two weeks. Uh, no, longer than two weeks. Sorry, what, so. But what we could assume is that the more mindful person yep. can react and be in... Can they be in the flow state a little bit longer than someone that's not? Or if someone that isn't mindful or have that cognitive function, yeah. will, can, can that have an impact on them? Yeah, so they did, it, they did a study. It was an American study. Um, so it was, it was only taken from um, uni students mm-hmm. which is, uh, or college students, but most... A lot of studies, especially in psychology, are, are done there. Mm. So when you see all these statistics and stuff like that, sometimes that's not applicable to the whole population. But mm. they found that they had people report whether they had ever done any mindfulness um, meditation practice. So mm-hmm. if they had any history of it. But they also measured whether uh, how mindful people were. Mm-hmm. And, and then they measured the same thing too with um, cognitive flexibility. So how cognitive flexible, how cognitively flexible someone is. And that sort of question could be, um, you know, you like challenges. So if you reported highly on that one, then it would sort of in, um, indicate that you were someone that's sort of more cognitively flexible. Mm. Um, and then they got uh, them to pick, pick a task that they were they felt was a task that was important to them or something that they enjoyed doing so it could have been drawing it could have been sport um could have been studying i found in in school even though i wasn't uh, didn't really like maths a whole lot but when i got into it, it would, i would sort of experience this state of flow where it was mm. like yeah you know this is this is enjoyable mm-hmm. they found that people who were more mindful and cognitively flexible, yes, they were able to stay in flow disposition longer, or at least they would report that they would stay in flow disposition longer. But it was interesting because they they found that 
people who had a history of mindfulness practice weren't necessarily more mindful, but they were more cognitively flexible. So mm. what, they, what they said in the study was it may, it may be that the, these people choosing to engage in activities of mindfulness practice because they were willing to look at things from a different point of view and go, oh, I'm going to try, you know, mindfulness meditation, they actually reported more cognitively flexible. So they were willing to look at things mm. from a different point of view. So I guess we, you know, we talk a lot about mindfulness and like, uh, and how important that can be. It was interesting because those who were cognitively flexible as well were still able to, to stay in, um, in a flow state mm. for, for longer. So I guess it's just... Um, Mindfulness doesn't have to be the overall way to it, but um, yeah, it, it's Being, definitely something. And that's having that, aw- yeah, and well, exactly, and having that awareness.